Hello and welcome to another edition of the Evan Eisen Show. One day late. I normally have these up by Thursday, but with the from the booth obligations with uh, Cody Clark, we were unable to get it in before then. But thankfully, with the magic of the internet, we can record these whenever. And we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the show. Uh, November 14th will be officially one year since the launch of this. And what is rapidly becoming one of the reoccurring segments on this show is just finding people I went to Waldorf with and checking in on them and see how they're seeing how they're doing. And my guest this week is former con classmate, former football player, and the guy they always stuck me with on road trips when I would uh, call football games for KIOW, uh, Derek Wilcutt. Derek, uh, what have you been up to? Hey man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, just been working and uh recently got married um got a new car not too long ago you know just trying to do this adult thing that they keep telling me about it's not as much fun as i thought it would be like doing things is not fun doing things is overrated doing nothing is where it's at uh when we I were, completely agree yeah when we were in school together you were always the one that the previous coach can't uh, always assigned me with on road trips. So uh, we, we got to know each other quite a bit when we were in school and it's uh, it's nice getting to catch up again. Yeah, for sure. Always a good time talking with you. You've always got this, uh, this fun energy about you that I've always really enjoyed. It's not quite big Nick energy, but you know, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, you recently, or I, yeah, recently started a mixer channel where you are a video game streamer. How did that come about? And what was the first game you ran with on that stream? So before I started streaming on mixer, I actually tried streaming on Twitch. Um, this was back in, I want to say 2016. Um, I was playing, Destiny, Destiny 2 at the time, and I was running the new uh, raid that had come out. I'm not sure which one. I think it was Wrath of the Machine. Um, but I was playing that and just hanging out with friends. Um, I think it was my birthday. So um, just kind of dipped my toe in. I had a few people stop in, uh, had a person hang out and chat with me, which really... Uh, Help smooth out the experience, but then I just kind of took a break from it, just because it seemed like it was a lot. And me personally, I like to have um, good quality in whatever I do. Like I take pride in my work, so um, I, I want everything to at least be presentable. Um, so just recently, um, I was able to. We have this thing at work called Carousel, and it allows us to buy gift cards. Um, and so I was able to cash in enough points to get enough gift cards. Um, I bought myself a gaming monitor, and I bought a stand for an iPad, a webcam, ring light, just to help boost my production value. Um, and so I started streaming on Mixer uh, because... I thought it would be a good idea to start streaming on Mixer with um, with Ninja, like the biggest gaming 
individual in the world right now. He moved from Twitch to Mixer, and I was like, man, if any time is the time, it's now. So I just started streaming on Mixer, and just recently, actually, yesterday, uh, Shroud, another huge Twitch streamer, big uh, first-person shooter streamer, um, CSGO, Call of Duty, um, Apex Legends recently, um, he just moved over to Mixer. So I think... Um, people, honestly, I think Mixer's kind of poaching them, but I think how they're doing that is they're offering them more creative control, um, which benefits everyone as far as, um, people who are looking to be entertained and the entertainers themselves. So that's why I started streaming on Mixer. And it... It's growing. It's growing quite a bit. Uh, Twitch was like really the only thing I was familiar with because that's just kind of where everybody was. And you have to go through an ocean of everybody playing Fortnite before you find anybody playing anything else. Uh, I honestly have never played Fortnite. It's just never really appealed to me, and I'm not all that interested in it. Uh, what What are your What is your opinion on Fortnite? So I'm not very good at it. We'll just. We'll start there. Um, I've been playing since I haven't been playing since season zero, but since season one came out, um, I've been playing. Uh, I played a little bit on the first season. Uh, my internet wasn't very good, so I didn't play a whole lot. Um, but then some of the guys that I work with, they started playing it, and so we would just squad up and we would play. Um, but I think it's fun game just because of the different mechanics. Like it's not your typical third person shooter. Like there's build mechanics and just all the constant, uh, updates that they have with new weapons and, um, nerfing or boosting, uh, different weapons and adding different items to the game. I think it's a really fun experience. And that's why I think it's had, been such a global phenomenon um just because it's free to play um and like that is insane like kids can get on and they can play an online game with any of their friends due to it being cross-platform so it's it's massive it's really good for the gaming community i believe um just because of all the things that they're doing with it uh I mean, of course, they've got bugs and stuff that they still haven't fixed since, like, day one. But with something as huge as this, they're always going to throw something new in to distract you from the bugs that they haven't fixed yet. And especially when... Because we're old enough to remember is when, like, the first console wars came out with, like, the Xbox 360 and, P- and PS3. Gaming was pretty segregated about 10 years ago you had games for if you want to play this i'm sorry this is xbox 360 only oh you want to play this oh i'm sorry this is playstation only but now that that's kind of gone away a bit and it helps that everybody gets into fortnite because you don't have to shell out 55 60 dollars on a game you can just you can just play it and i think that has gone a long way to the popularity of games like that and like minecraft or PUBG. Uh, out of all of the games that you've 
streamed, is there one that you want to, but you just feel like, eh, this isn't really going to work, I'm probably not going to get an audience doing it? Well, um, I think just because I'm not very good at marketing myself, so I haven't got a, I haven't really got an audience yet, but uh, there was a game that came out today. Uh, it's called The Outer Worlds. It's a lot like uh, Fallout New Vegas. Um, it's made by the same people. Um, it's basically an open world RPG. Um, you can either be the villain or the hero or any sort of role that you want. The reason I don't think it'd be good for me is because one, it's really uh, text heavy. So there's a lot of reading. I'm a slow reader. Um, and then uh, two, just because it, just because it's so text heavy, I think it's a slow game. So I don't think very many people would be interested. What kind of games uh, do you find the most interesting? Because I play the last like real game that I got into was. Do you ever play that uh, Intel Dawn game? It was like the interactive survival horror that was kind of like Telltale, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So that was like the last real game that I got myself into. I kind of want to do like Men of Medan, but I, d- I, it looks like a lot of fun game because it's like interactive survival horror. So it's kind of like. It's, it's sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing where you don't have to follow, okay, uh, go to this checkpoint, do this thing, go to this checkpoint, do to this thing. Uh, what Do you find those kinds of games to be entertaining for you, or is that not really your kind of thing? Um, as far as those games go, it really depends on the content creator because if they're not an interesting person to watch or uh, interact with, then really kind of puts a damper on the whole thing. But if the streamer is interesting and he's fun and um, I say he, but he or she, um, as long as the streamer's fun and I have a little bit of interest in the game, I have no problem watching it. Is there a game that came out recently that you were really excited for that you kind of felt bummed out by? Maybe not because it was just a bad game, but it's like, you know, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So, trying to think. Um, I can't personally say that I've had that issue just because um, I know what kind of games I want to play and for the most part I don't really spend money on games like if I've got Fortnite to play of course and they're always doing stuff that's like uh, time sensitive like you have to get all the challenges done in a certain amount of time well before the end of the season and they have rewards and stuff that I like to get. Destiny 2 now, um, again, because they just released Shadowkeep, uh, their latest expansion. Really fun. Um, Dest- Destiny itself is such a fun game because you 
don't really have to pay attention to play it. Um, it's one of those things where you can just run around and kill stuff and just have a good time, kill some time. Um, it's also a great game to hang out with friends on because people are always just falling off a cliff or something or getting killed by weak opponents, and it's always good for a laugh. Um, and then... Uh, so with those two games, me playing back and forth, because when I play, I usually only play for like three hours at a time. So if I'm playing one game, I usually play that for the whole block. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of variety, but with those two games, I stay pretty busy, um, as far as gaming goes. So I don't don't get too heartbroken over games letting me down just because I I don't buy that many I guess was there a time before you started streaming like where maybe as like a kid or something that really got you into playing video games as a kid beyond just this is just what kids did was there, like, one thing that's like, okay, I, I'm in now. Like, this is what I'm going to do. So, when I first got heavy into gaming, I think this can be said for a lot of kids. Um, it was with Game Boys. You could take them anywhere, play their selection of games. Mine, of course, was Pokemon. I was always playing Pokemon because they'd would release one i would play it take a break from gaming then they would re release the next one and so played that played um handheld zelda games um and then i think it was when i was around 12 12 or 13 um xbox i got my i went in half on my Xbox. My mom helped me pay for the rest. Um, I bought it and I bought, I got the game Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. I would get up early every morning to play that before I had to go to school. Um, and I think that's when I really got into gaming. For me, uh, that, uh, that's also too. In the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Advance SP, uh, we all three got it, and my brother and I would spend all of the time doing it. And I remember playing. I think it was Madden 05 on that game, and playing Madden on a Game Boy is just not a fun experience. But I just did it anyway. <laughs> um, then there was all. Then of course there was the Pokemon games. There was the Legend of Zelda games, and. Yeah, you know, it was it was a good time to be a kid in like 2003, 2004 when that stuff first came out and uh I recently found it. I recently found uh when I was cleaning out uh, a room a couple years ago, I found my old uh navy blue Game Boy SP, just just the console itself. I didn't have any games or a charger or anything, so I have no idea if it still worked. We ended up uh donating it to a consignment shop. So hopefully uh, whatever kid got it is having the enjoyment that uh, I got out of it when I was 13, 14 years old when I first had it. 
For sure. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you say that because um, my wife recently, we were cleaning out, say recently, it wasn't that recent, but um, we were going through stuff when we moved in here to this house um, that she found two pink uh, Nintendo uh, I'm not sure was it the 2DS or something like that uh, it was like one of the first ones that flipped open um, and they were both pink and she gave them to me I was like what am I going to do with these and so I've just held on to them. Just this is kind of like a, a keepsake, I guess, just because I think I've still got like my old uh, see-through purple Game Boy Color. Uh, I've still got it somewhere at my mom's house. So I like to collect stuff like that, I guess. We, uh, my brother, still has the old uh, Super Nintendo system that we got from our uncle growing up and that was really the first console we had when we were probably about 10 or 11 years old playing a bunch of games in the 90s that looking back we had no business playing at that age like uh my mom and dad should have never let us play doom when we were like 11 years old on the on the snes but they, <laughs> sure <laughs> they, they probably shouldn't have let us do that and it was in the red cartridge too so it's not like uh they couldn't find it in a sea of gray cartridges Right. Uh, you recently were ma- you recently got married. Uh, how did you two? How did you two meet? And how long did it take before you realized that she, she's the one, and this is this is who I'm going to spend forever with? So we met in uh, Mrs. Campbell's second grade classroom. Um, I got a job working as a para there. Um, and Caitlin was the student teacher at the time. And so we met there. And uh, if you ask Caitlin, Miss Campbell bullied her into talking to me. Um, and Miss Campbell had asked me to talk to her just because she was having some trouble with a guy. And she thought I'd be a better option. So we start talking. Um, you know, we're talking all through, we talked for like a month and then we decided to start dating. Um, then it, so that's in December of 2016. Um, flash forward to April of 2017. She tells me that she's going to move back to uh, Oklahoma City, because that's where her parents are. She wants to live close to her nephews. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, am I going to move with this girl? And sure enough, I decided that I was going to move with her. And about that time was probably the time that I decided that I was going to spend the rest of my life with her. It might not have been like a huge epiphany, like, oh my God, this is the one. But it was like, I'm going to take a shot. And so um, we moved down here. Uh, we were So we moved down here at the end of May 2017. And then we lived in an, an apartment in Midwest City. And then 
we ended up moving in with her parents to try save money, which ended up not happening because since we didn't have to pay rent, we were like, oh, we have all this money we can spend. So that didn't work. Um, we ended up moving out of there um, just because it was hectic. They, uh, her nephews and sister lived in the house also with her parents, and um, it was it was a lot of people in a little space. So we wanted our space, so we moved into uh, the house that we're living in now. Been here for a little over a year. Um, but then November 2018, um, her family was having a Thanksgiving get-together, and I knew that that was when I wanted to propose to her because she had told me that she wanted her grandparents to be at the proposal. And it's, I'm just sitting there like, I can't just invite her grandparents down for dinner one night. Like that's going to be a dead giveaway, you know? So, uh, I I'm going through this process. I find a ring. I have to get, I have to switch my driver's license over to Oklahoma because my birthday had just happened and my license was expired, and to be able to pick up the ring, I had to have a valid driver's license. So that was a whole time crunch. I literally got my Oklahoma driver's license the day before I was going to propose. So I got my license, rushed over to the jewelry store, picked up the ring, was sweating bullets for like five hours straight. Um, and then... That, that day came around, I proposed, it was beautiful, um, I thought I did pretty well, um, you said yes, obviously, we're married now, um, and then uh, just recently, last month, September 14th, we got, we got married, and we had, we had friends come in from out of state, and it was a great time. It was just a blast getting getting together with some friends and some family, just having a good time and being able to celebrate us. So that's pretty much how it happened. <laughs> okay, a couple questions. One, was it a hard sell to get you to go to Oklahoma City? Like, how much arm twisting was required to get you to do that? So she didn't necessarily have to twist my arm. It was a lot of me just fighting with myself because... I wanted to live close to my family too, um, just because I'm an only child. My mom is a single mother. She lives with my grandma. Um, and so I wanted to stay close just in case they needed anything. Um, but since we moved to Oklahoma City, it's insane. Because before we moved, I lived, I lived an hour and a half away, if that, maybe an hour. And I would only go up there like once every couple months. But since we moved to Oklahoma, we go up there almost once a month. And <laughs> it's way farther, like four and a half, five hours. So um, it ended up working out. I mean, the driving's kind of a pain, but you do what, you, do what you can for family. So. And you said that you were sweating bullets and nervous. Was it more of a... She was gonna find out, and you were, and it was gonna get blown, or it was a, what if she says no, and I don't know what to do. 
So, so, um, it wasn't so much a no, like the no thing. It was more of, holy crap, am I going to get this done in time for this family get together? Because if I didn't get the ring at the jewelry store, I was <laughs> freaking out. I was thinking, I'm going to have to go to Walmart and pick up a ring. Like spend another hundred bucks just to pick up a ring so I can put it on our finger and be like, hey, this isn't the real one, but this is a placeholder. So that so the ring that you got was just a placeholder that was not the actual ring? No. So I ended up getting everything done in time so I didn't have to use a placeholder, thankfully. And are you are you guys happy with the the ring now? Is it going to get replaced, or is it are you just is that the one you're just going to roll with for for as long as you can? Man, so I was already scheduled to pay for four years on this ring that I got her, just because <laughs> of the payment plan that I'm set up on. Because I'm not a rich guy, so I can't just go in there, throw down cash, and be like, "Give me that ring." So, um, I've been to the same place two more times because we got her, first we got her engagement ring there. Well, I got her engagement ring there. And then we went back and we got uh, two wedding bands, which I find out after the wedding that you're only supposed to give them like one, but she wanted symmetry. She's a dang math teacher. So she's all about symmetry. Um, and so she wanted a band on each side of her engagement ring. So she likes it. As, as far as getting it upgraded, I I got some bills to pay before that happens. Uh, so yeah, so she's, if she wants an upgrade, she's going to have to give me some time. Four years for a ring? Like, what happens if you don't pay? Does, like, Rent-A-Center show up and just take the ring away? Like, what happens if you miss a payment? I'm not sure, but if Rent-A-Center shows up for a ring, I'm going to be real upset. Like, I'm just imagining in my head where it's like, Mr. Wilcut, you missed your payment. We need to take the ring back. Like, I'm just imagining somebody showing up to your house and confiscating it. Because, like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. But that's just kind of how it is in my head. Like I'm probably way, way off on this. But no, I, I definitely see what you're saying. You just open the door and there's two huge dudes standing at the door. Like, hey, we're here for the ring. I'm like, what? And they just beat me up and take the ring. But we threw it in the volcano. They made like three movies about this. Like we don't have the ring. You're right. You're right. She's almost that short. So it could have been us. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Uh, so l- let's backtrack to when we were in school together. You were a college football player. You played offensive line and defensive line. But before you went to Waldorf, you played at a community college. So you right. kind of got to go through the recruitment process twice. So as yeah. someone like me who's never played sports and doesn't know what it's like to have a coach come to your house and say, come to this school and play, what were the differences between – getting recruited out of high school versus two years in at a community school? Well, I wasn't a star player, so all those 
kids that you see, like, they have coaches coming to their house. Those are star players. That wasn't me. Um, I had coaches come to school, talk to me. Um, but as far as getting recruited, I had – I was on a – I got way more looks coming out of high school than I did coming out of junior college um, just because uh, – I was marketing myself to junior colleges. So I was approached by uh, Highland Community College there in uh, northeastern Kansas. Um, I was approached by Coffeeville Community College there in southeastern Kansas. And then I was also approached by Fort Scott. Um, and that's where I ended up going. Um, but... In my head, I was already going to Fort Scott just because um, since I decided that I was going to play college football in my head, it was just a natural progression to go from Jayhawk Lynn High School to Fort Scott Community College to Pittsburgh State University because they're literally in a straight line um, going south. Which, I mean, I guess I could have said something for my football career, but um, we uh, I ended up, like I said, going to Fort Scott. Um, I didn't get as much play time. I got barely any play time um, just because um, the positions that I, I was playing were the positions that um, my coach was recruiting for out-of-state kids or um, transfer students or whatever. Um, so they were taller than me, bigger than me, faster than me. So, um, I got my reps doing practice squads. So I took it as my personal, personal responsibility to beat the guy across from me to make him better. Um, and so, uh, the fact that I wound up at Waldorf, I think, might have just been a fluke, because um, I, I was my grades weren't good my last semester, um, but I ended up getting recruited by uh, oh, what was his name, Coach Vince or. Coach Vincent or something. Um, but he literally left Waldorf before I even got there. Um, but they were actually traveling south to Independence to pick up Coach Elsey from Independence to be the defensive coordinator. And they just happened to stop at Fort Scott and ask for names. And uh, my D-line coach gave them mine. And so that's what started the whole process. And I was like... Well, heck, I've been wanting to see what it was like to get out of state and just kind of um, get out on my own. So Iowa was, wasn't was exactly the place I had in mind, but it was far enough away that it was enough to get me on my own. So how close was the you being a Pittsburgh state gorilla. How close was that? If you were to give a percentage to it. Um, 
So I actually did go down for a tryout. Uh, they sent me back a letter saying they didn't have room on the team for me. I didn't know if that was a fat joke or what. So um, honestly, if I had a percent of going, and it was probably below 50, I wasn't as fast as I needed to be. I didn't train as much as I should have because I took – I basically took a semester off from football before I went to Waldorf. Um, so I wasn't in as good a shape as I could have been. So, yeah, definitely below 50, maybe even below 40. And you wound up at Waldorf, and that's where you got to meet guys like myself and my From the Booth podcast co-host, Cody Clark. And uh, we had a good time. Yes, 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 we did. I agree. We sure did. Those com labs were, they were hopping. Yeah, remember how excited we were when uh, they replaced the LED thing in the radio with like an actual light bulb and just how excited we got? Yeah. <laughs> and all the other departments looked at us like, really? It's just a light bulb. It's like, no. Like, when you are down there at 10 p.m. and all you have is red LED light, that light bulb is a godsend. Like, that I'm was... kidding. And, it, it, you know, the the stuff that... The stuff that we did when we were in school at the same time, it was, uh, it was a great time. And I, if I could revisit it, I, I think I would. Uh, it was... Probably the best three and a half years. The first half of my freshman year, I was I had no idea what I was doing. But like, if you just get me to like the second semester of freshman year on, I was I'm good. I'm good. Just skip the first like two or three months when I had no idea what I was doing and had to be led by the nose the whole time. Sure. It was uh, it was a great time and. Uh, I still remember that last. I still remember that last road trip we took to Trinity Bible, and uh, it was it was kind of a really sad bus ride home when we looked at each other in the bus and we're like, "We're never gonna get to do this again." And it yeah. was uh, that that was that was a rough bus ride. It was. Yep. It was real close to the end of my football career, so I was starting to the feeling of finality was setting in on me i was like man this is this is really it this is the last bus ride yeah i i definitely get what you're saying i think that would be a good place for us to wrap up uh if you're if people are looking for you on mixer and on socials wherever they find you so on mixer it's mixer.com slash dkxbmv that's d-c-u-t-x-b-m-v on Twitter, it's DCUTXBMV. On Instagram, it's just DCUT10, DCAT10. Um, and that's pretty much it. Those are my socials. If you're looking for a fun guy to hang out with, no mushrooms, um, find me there. Yep, no, no mushrooms. Uh, so he is available on Mixer. Uh, and also you can find him on, on Twitter. Uh, he's currently in the middle of a destiny 2 stream i believe um right now stream's not going so (laughs) uh right after i hop off here though it's either gonna be destiny 2 or i'm gonna dip my toe into the outer worlds we'll find out all right well uh go to mixer and find out so if you want to listen to this interview previous ones and future 
I'm available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can also find us on Anchor, the Anchor website, and also the Anchor app. So the Evan Eisen Show will return to its regularly scheduled time, not this coming Thursday, but the first Thursday in November. For Derek Wilcott, I'm Evan Eisen saying so long, and I'll see you next time.